Today, I'm going to dig into the science, well, not really science, more the philosophy of why and how you comb your hair. Are you hitting a wall in your business because you feel like you're too busy? Do you ever wish there were more hours in a day? This podcast is for hyper-focused entrepreneurs who want to learn the secrets of superhuman productivity. Together, we're going to kick procrastination in the teeth. We're going to slice through BS excuses like a katana blade. We don't ever wonder what happened because we're the ones that made it happen. My name is Josh Thomas. You've now entered the Do Zone. Welcome to the DZ Tribe. It's not about ideas. It's about making ideas happen. Scott Belsky. DZ Tribe Josh Thomas. Welcome to the Do Zone. So glad to have you here. A couple of episodes ago, uh, well, it's been a few now, I shared a story about Ben Nguyen, the Vietnamese hair ninja assassin. What a cool guy. I'm almost due for another haircut uh, with uh, Ninja Ben, and so I'm going to go and see him. But it made me think about how do you comb your hair? How do you style yourself? How do you represent yourself to the world? And uh, the reason that it made me think about that was when I got my hair cut uh, by Ben, um, let's say it was a month ago, something like that, uh, what I, I had kept the same hairstyle for years, like years, almost my entire adult life, I've had the same exact hairstyle. Uh, when I was a kid, I had the same exact hairstyle. There was a brief period <clears throat> when I was uh, kind of high school, college-ish that I let my hair grow out long because uh, it was the 90s and I was desperately trying to look like Kurt Cobain for some reason. But I got over that and I cut it off. And what happens is my hair is super thin and it doesn't really do much. And so I get it cut as short as I can. I do like a two on the sides. And I get it cut as short as I can on top to where it just barely lays down and there's a part on the left side. And that has been the way that I have rocked my hair for, I don't know, two decades. Uh, And I never used gel. Um, Just never liked it. Uh, Didn't like the sticky feeling. You know, my hair was super, super fine. Uh, Now it's thinning out to where there's not so much of it left. I mean, there's enough to cover my head, but just barely. Um, and I always told myself, you know, as soon as a little lake opens up, I am shaving that bastard off. You know, I'm not going to try to hide it or anything like that. But the closer that I get to the little opening actually happening, uh, the more nervous I actually get about doing that. Uh, so maybe it's just all talk. I don't know. But anyway, the point is, so Ben cuts my hair. And if you haven't heard that episode, you really need to check that out. Uh, Ben, the Vietnamese hair assassin. It's, uh, I don't know, it's like four or five episodes back from this one. Uh, And so he basically took over. He's like, okay, I see. I see what you want. I understand. And then in silence, in intense silence, he proceeds to do a masterpiece on my hair like I was the only hair that he had ever cut and he had been preparing his entire life to do this job, right? And so... When he gets done, he pulls out some gel, and I'm not a gel guy. Um, and he gets a little gel, and he like rubs it on his fingers, and then he runs it through my hair, and then he and then he works it down into my beard, and then he's at and then at the end, 
perfect, bro. It's perfect, bro. And <laughs> I was so impressed by that. Uh, I walked around. I looked at my hair. My hair looked freaking amazing. Like, my hair had never looked that good. Now, he kept the style that I asked for. Uh, he kept that kind of parted off to the side kind of thing, and he cut it short just to, exactly like I asked. Uh, but I was so impressed by that. I left, and I came back a few minutes later, and I asked him, like, hey, what was that gel that you used? And he said, oh, it's this stuff. And he, went, he goes to grab it off the shelf. He said, you need this. Uh, I don't know what it's called, American something. Uh, he's like, just a little bit. It'll last you a really long time. And it's just a tiny amount, and you can shape your hair any way you want. Hmm, okay. So I went ahead and bought the the gel, uh, and uh, he gave me his phone number so I can text him anytime. And I'm going to text him soon and send him a picture of my hair and be like, Ben, can you fix this? And he's like, I got you, bro. So anyway, so I've got this gel, and I've always wanted to be like experimental with my hair. Now, some of you are listening to this, and you're already what I would call experimental with your hair, <laughs> and you like spike it up and all this stuff. But to me, that just terrifies me for some reason. Like I, I don't know what it is, but I, I've just always been terrified that somebody's going to judge me for having spiky hair, and so I always just like laid it down. Like, okay, I don't want anybody to see me. Uh, I don't want to be noticed. Any of that stuff. So, but I got this gel. And I put the gel in, and I and I went to the front, and I just, like, spiked it straight up. Like a little faux hawk kind of thing, just in the front. Whew. It felt so good. I liked it. I liked it. I liked the way that it looked. I liked the way that I looked in the mirror, you know. And then I went and I, I went and showed some people that obviously were very familiar with my style. I'm like, what do you think? And I had several compliments. Like, yeah, man, that looks really good. All right. I think I'm going to do it. I just think I think I'm going to go outside in public like this. I'm just going to see what happens. And there was such anxiety for putting gel in my hair and spiking up my bangs just a little bit. Such anxiety over such a tiny little thing. And then I got out and I walked around and I realized, well not only did nobody point and laugh and stare, but I actually feel like, incrementally speaking, I got a little bit more attention from the ladies than I normally do, which was really interesting. It's like, wow, all I'm doing is, like, this is what my hair looks like when I get out of bed. <laughs> I'm just doing it on purpose instead of by accident. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, so it got me thinking, well, what does your hair really say about you? If you shave all of it off because you don't, want to have any hair or you want to hide those bald spots or you want to own those bald spots? What does that say about you? If you comb it over to the side and you refuse to use gel and you just want to kind of blend in and not stick out and not have anybody notice you like I did for two decades, three decades of my life, what does that say about you? If you spike it up in the front so that you make yourself look a little bit taller, a little bit wackier, a little bit more interesting or mystical, a little bit more like a peacock. What does that say about you? If you have frizzy hair and you let the frizz just fly and it's just like super huge and it makes you look like your head's a mushroom, what does that say about you? If you are fortunate enough to have long and coarse enough hair to like 
uh, do the braids and have all of these different braids. What does that say about you? Why did you choose that? Uh, and so it's a question worth asking because how you decide to comb your hair or style your hair or if you decide to shave it all off and uh, maintain control of the fact that you have no hair uh, or if all your hair fell out, well, you don't have much decision in that. <laughs> Obviously, your, your, your options are limited if the hair doesn't stay in regardless. But the question really is, why do you fix your hair the way you do? And what does that say about how you want to represent yourself to the world? What if you grow long hair and you keep it back in a ponytail? Or you grow long hair and you let it fly naturally? What if you put it in pigtails? What if you do like the man bun thing? None of that's wrong. None of that's right. But we're all doing that for a purpose. We're all trying to create some sort of persona or character or avatar that represents who we want to be in the world. Aside from diet and exercise, which helps us control how our body looks to an extent. I mean, genetics has a lot to do with it. Um, but you can, you can make some incremental changes by eating right and exercising. Your hair, and if you're a guy, facial hair, those are two things that you have a tremendous amount of control over that can help shape your style, help shape your identity in a way. I remember there's a time when, uh, you know, I have a beard, I keep a beard, and there's been a handful of times in history where I've shaved my beard off. And I look at myself in the mirror and I always instantly regret it. I'm like, that's not me. That doesn't look like me. I don't know who that person is. But in reality, it's just me. It's just me without hair covering me up. And so what is it about that beard that makes me feel better? Is it a mask that protects me from the world? I don't have any answers for you here in this podcast. Only questions to make you think. Only questions to make you ask yourself, how do you present yourself to the world? And why? Where does that come from? Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? My daughter uh, has chopped her hair off since uh, I think she was 11 or 12. Yeah, 11. She, she used to have really long, super white hair. Uh, and she decided, you know what? I don't like that. I'm going to cut it off. Okay, cool. Uh, and then she started dyeing it. Okay, cool. And it changes every once in a while. No problem. Uh, and now she's kind of in the phase to where she lets the bangs grow out really long and they cover her face or they can cover her face if she just kind of like dips down a little bit. What does that say? What is that about? Is she doing that for a reason? Does that help protect her from the outside world a little bit where it's too little, too intimidating or too many stimuli around and this is, this is my way of protecting myself. It's a shield almost. And nothing wrong with that. But it's a question that we have to ask. How does our style, especially the parts that we have control over the most, fixing our hair, the clothes that we wear, what does that say about our insecurities or the confidence or the features we want to highlight or the features we want to hide from the rest of the world? Because in the end, if nobody went outside and nobody interacted with anybody, I doubt anybody would be 
styling and fixing their hair. I doubt anybody would be wearing nice clothes that, you know, fit a certain style. We'd all just be slobs <laughs> because it doesn't matter if it's just us. So it's a question I want to leave you with. How do you comb your hair? And the follow-up question would be, why? And I want you to go on a journey of discovery to figure that out. Whatever the answer is, it's okay. If the answer is bad, that's okay too. It gives you a chance to discover that moment, discover that wound or injury or whatever is causing you to make that decision and decide something else if you want or keep doing it. I'm not your therapist. I'm not going to tell you what to do. What I am going to do, though, is I realized by taking that risk and spiking my hair up, <laughs> I should have done that 20 years ago because I would have kept doing it because I really like it. It almost makes me feel like a different person. I walk out the door, and I am representing myself as a different person in the world just because of the way that my hair is positioned. That's powerful, man. So to those of you who do not have hair, sorry. <laughs> to exclude you. But, uh, you know, obviously if you can grow a beard, that's applicable. And obviously your style and fashion and clothes and that stuff is also applicable, but hopefully trying to be as inclusive as I possibly can on this. But I want to leave you with that question. How do you comb your hair and why, what does it mean to you and what can you do about it to represent yourself better and more fully in the world? That'll do it for today's episode of the do zone i want to remind everybody that you can get your do zone dna by going to dozonedna.com and uh, i am by the way if you're listening to this episode it's coming out mid-december uh, within the next two weeks i am going to be launching a new service and i'm going to be talking a little bit more about that i think it's going to be cool i think you're really going to like it it has to do with goal setting and accountability and uh, if you're interested in that, uh, please reach out. You can send me a DM on any social media, um, or you can go to the website. You can go to thedozone.com, and you can contact me there. Hey, but until next time, hey, go do something. I have a job for you. Open up your phone or get out a piece of paper and write down these three questions. Number one, what is one important task I can get completely done today? Number two, when can I start it? And number three, what impact will that have on my life? Now answer these questions as best you can every single day this week. Then commit to taking action daily. Now you're in the do zone, baby. Let's go. Need some help with accountability? Are you stuck where you're at and not sure how to break through the barrier in front of you? Join the DZ tribe for free by visiting thedozone.com. We're a group of hyperactive entrepreneurs who want to help you get more stuff done. Oh, one more thing. If you know somebody who needs to hear this message, share it with them. Text them, email them, send them a DM on social media, smoke signals, carrier pigeons, whatever. Be sure to tag us at The Do Zone. Also, keep the five-star written reviews coming over on iTunes. That helps new people find the show, hear it, and get themselves into The Do Zone as well. And always remember, the road to success is paved with imperfect action. So what are you waiting for? <laughs> Go do something already. See you next time.